Turn in the scriptures, please, to the gospel account of John. And then I think we'll be going to Romans chapter 8. In John, the 14th chapter, we begin, what is it, a couple of weeks ago, on a new series we're calling Be Led to the Point. Did you know that's the answer yes, sir. to a thousand and one questions every day of your life? Be led. But led by what? Led by who? We're talking about being led by the Spirit of God on the inside. And so uh, if you hadn't heard the previous messages, let me encourage you. Uh, we're building on that. And so uh, you can go back to the back and get your CD or DVD. It won't cost you anything. Go online. It's the quickest, easiest way. Download it and get caught up with us. Would it be worth their time, those of you that are with us, to go back and get the others? Very, very important. Some of these things, if you don't get it, there'll be some missing holes in your uh, gaps, rather, in your understanding. So uh, go back and get that. And in John 14... Verse 16, Jesus said, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. Now, another means uh, one of the same kind. He was, who was the first comforter? He was to them. He was helping them, teaching them, guiding them. Then they were very upset when he said he was going away. And they affirmed, no, we're going with you. And he told them, you can't come right now. And they said, if we have to die, we're going with you. And you can understand the feelings, but he told them, he said, no, listen, it's expedient for you that I go away. It's it actually going to be better for you. Amen. Why? Because I'm not going to leave you helpless and orphans. I'm going to give you another comforter like myself. Yeah. But he's not just going to be with you. He's going to be in you. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. That he may abide with you forever. Keep reading. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Now that was before the new birth, before the day of Pentecost. We're on the other side of that. He came. The Holy Spirit came. On the day of Pentecost, he's been here ever since. To anybody that will receive him and yield to him. Notice he, him, 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 he. Not it. The Holy Spirit's not some force, just not some power like electricity. He is a person. Now one of the things that seems strange to us, he's not confined to one form See, we think in order to be a person, you got to have two ears, two arms, two legs, and you got to be in that form. Well, he manifested as fire in the form and shape as a dove. Is that right? Numerous ways. But he's a person, he's just not confined to one form. Jesus, when he's raised from the dead, is exhibiting some of the same characteristics with the glorified body. Don't you remember he appeared 
in one form to those men walking on the road of Emmaus. Is that what it was? And then he, his form changed and they recognized him. And he came through walls and locked doors. You can't do that with this body in this condition. And yet the Bible says when we are resurrected or our bodies are changed, our body is going to be like his glorious body. Wow. What does that mean? I don't know. You might just be able to think, have a thought, and change your hairstyle. (laughs) Or your appearance. Your appearance. You might be able to just bust a move and go, what? And you look different. Just strike a pose and they go, that's a good look on you. Now you're laughing, but he appeared in a different form. How did he do that? Oh, friends, we have so much to look forward to. We have no idea what it's going to be like other side of this. But I think one of the reasons why the Lord hadn't told us too much about it, (laughs) it'd make us want to leave right now and just get out of here. I think it's mercy that he hadn't told us too much about it. Because really that we can deal with that when we get there. We have a job to do down here in this cursed, devil-filled place. We're on the front lines. And we are to have a soldier mentality. Endure hardness as a good soldier. To get in, do our job, and get out. We're on a mission. Is that right? We're on a mission. We need to do our tour of earth duty. And then get out of here. And enjoy what the Lord has in store for us. But in order to do that. How many know in order to serve him. You need to be able to follow him. To be led of how you're going to serve him. And you don't even know what he's leading you to do. One of the most important things you could ever learn in this life. Is how to be led by the spirit. He said the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the spirit that I'm going to send. In verse 26. He said the comforter which is the Holy Ghost. Ghost is an old English word for spirit. Whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said to you. Said out loud, he will teach me all things. He will bring all things to my remembrance, whatever the Master says to me. Is that true? Now we've already covered this some. When you talk about hearing from God, hearing from the Lord. Many, many church-going people have a problem with that. If you say, the Lord said this, or the Lord told me this, your masses of church-going people are going to cut you off right there. And they'll even talk about you. They think God told them something. (laughs) And yet, the Bible is full of men and women hearing from God. Is that right? What is the Bible? God said to Moses. God said to Elijah. God spoke to Elisha. And on and on. And David. And on and on and on. Right? If you don't believe men hear from God. Here in the earth. You don't believe this Bible. It's full 
of men and women hearing from God. Well, when did men and women quit hearing from God? When did it change? And you can't hear from him anymore. Well, we went into some detail last time about what many have substituted hearing from God. They believe God leads through circumstances. They believe everything that happens is somehow God showing you something and leading you. And primarily, they'll be talking about negative things. Something hard happens, something bad happens. You'll see people try to act wise and go, I tell you what, somebody up there is trying to tell you something. Why not just communicate intelligently? Why not just talk like we do? Does God not want to talk to us? Are we incapable of hearing from him? Why does it have to be through the school of hard knocks? You run into this and you hit that and this falls on you and you go, wow, God's talking to me. What's he saying? Are you getting it? (laughs) No, people are confused. They don't know what's going on. And all kind of varied interpretations of what God's trying to say to me through this car wreck. God's talking to me through the flu. Now, you, am I telling the truth? Do people believe, you know, God's speaking to me, you know, through me losing my job and, and through, it's usually negative stuff, but it's not true. Everything happening around you is not God trying to tell you something. There's a thief. There's all kind of stuff happening in this earth that's not God. You are an intelligent being. Able to communicate specifically and directly. Don't let anybody tell you any differently. How many believe God is at least as intelligent and able to communicate as you are? And much more. Why can't he just talk to you? Why can't he? Well, he does. It's a matter of learning how to hear from him. Now, last week, we went into some detail about we, we read, what, a dozen plus scriptures that said, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. And what we begin to see, it's not a matter of trying to get God to talk to you. It's a matter of adjusting your ear to hear. He is talking to you. Question is, are you hearing? And when you make heart adjustments, then you begin to hear and get it. It's the same thing as seeing. You know, we saw that scripture, I mean, it's just numbers of times where it's quoted and requoted and mentioned and mentioned again, how that having eyes uh, they don't see and ears they don't hear and heart and they don't understand. And uh, you hear people say, there's no proof of God. There's no proof that God exists. That is being deaf, dumb, and blind spiritually. According to Romans, God's existence, the wisdom of God, the very power of God, the very Godhead, all of this mystery is clearly seen in the things that are made. If you had eyes to see it. It's right in front of us. It's all around us. If you have eyes to see it. And God is speaking. 
if you have ears to hear it. In Hebrews, we looked at that. Let's look at it again. Hebrews 3 and 15, we ended up in in this area where he said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. He said the same thing again in the next chapter, chapter 4 and verse 7. 4 and 7 says again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Did you hear that phrase? If you will hear his voice. Do you want to hear his voice? Then what? It didn't say, if you want to hear his voice, beg him to talk to you. Fast and and plead and cry out for him to talk to you. No. No. Working on God, trying to get him to talk to you, is working on the wrong thing. It's acting like the transmitting part is not working. We got to get God to communicate to us. And that's like so many other things, it's confusion. It's backwards. God is talking to us. I said he is talking to us. He's talking to everybody that'll listen. I shared how as a a teenager I began to seek the Lord and knew something, knew the Lord wanted, was trying to get something across to me, but I wasn't getting it at all. And come to find out, he had a call on my life to be a, a minister, preacher, teacher. I didn't, I, that wasn't my plan at all. That was news to me. But I needed to find that out. Oh, thank God that he helped me to find that out. I wasn't going that way. I had other plans. But I began to get dissatisfied and kept feeling like there's something the Lord wants to say to me. Well, I would pray and I would beg and I talked about how we grew up in the country. I out out in the woods sometimes at night saying, God, what is it? What do you want? And I'm, I'm trying to hear something with my outer ears. I'm, I'm looking in the sky. Maybe he'll give me some kind of sign in the sky. I mean, I'm looking out here, yeah. trying to get him to talk to me with an audible voice, working on the wrong thing, trying to get him to talk to me. Yeah. And in my immaturity, I'm not getting anything. And finally, I won't go through all the details again. But over a period of months and and longer, finally, I was kneeling down in our little mobile home. I remember it distinctly in the middle of the night. I got up so it wouldn't disturb Phyllis and and went in. We were, by this time, we were, I guess we'd have been about 19. I'm in the floor there of our little mobile home, kneeling down on the red shag carpet. And... uh, Asking the Lord again, God, what? What is it? What, what is it? And I finally got quiet and quit trying to hear out here and checked in here. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. I, I finally, you know, sometimes uh, you can just kind of wear out and just kinda, you just kind of run out of gas. And, 
And so you quit. You come to a place where your mind is actually quiet. And you're not making a bunch of noise. And there's not a bunch of noise around you. And you focus inside. And he spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard a voice out here. But inside me. And this is what he said to me. He said, Keith, son, find out what I've already said to you in the book, the Bible. And if I want to say something else to you, I will. (laughs) Hallelujah. And through all of my crying and begging God to talk to me, my Bible had been sitting over there on the uh, (laughs) table. And I didn't realize it, but I'm not going to know who's dealing with me till I get some more word in me. I need to be trained to discern what's him and what's not him. There are many voices in the world. We're not led by voices. We're not led by feelings. And what he wanted me to do is to begin to get familiar with him Through his word. Because even though there's many different human instruments that God spoke through and wrote through. It's the same voice in Genesis as it is in Psalms. Is that right? As it is in the prophets. As it is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. How many believe it's the same voice? Same voice. Same one. Same one. And how would you know? If somebody called you from another country in the middle of the night and they said hello and you know who they are. How would you know? All they did is say hello and the connection is not even that good. And you know who they are. How, how could that be? Because you have heard that voice when they're happy, when they're sad, in the daytime, nighttime, year after year. You know them. So when you know them, you recognize them immediately, quickly. That's what the Lord wanted me to do. He wanted to train me so that when he did say something that, I mean, when he, he wants to tell me, come to Branson and start a church, where's that at in the Bible? Amen. Yes, sir. Then that's what he said. Learn what I've already said to you. Yeah. And if I want to say something else to you, I will. But then if I'm familiar enough with his word, I'm going to recognize when he says something else to me, because it's going to sound exactly like this. I was worth you combing your hair and coming to church. Is that right there? Right there. So do you want God to talk to you? Do you want to hear directly and clearly from God talking to you? Then read your chapter every day. Monday through Friday. Is that right? Yes, sir. And anytime you want God to talk to you, sit down, say, Lord, speak to me. Open this book and start reading anywhere. Yes, sir. And it'll be him talking to you. And if you get familiar enough with that, anything else he wants to say to you about your personal life and the call, you'll recognize it then. And you'll know it's him and, and you'll not be misled. He said, my sheep know my voice. Hallelujah. And the stranger's voice, they won't follow. Come on, sit out loud. I am his sheep. And I know his voice. 
Come on, say it again. I am his sheep. I am his sheep. And I know his voice. I know his voice. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Master. Go to Romans 8. Romans 8. Now, I feel like I could just barely scratch the surface on that last week. But are you with me on the principle that not everybody has ears to hear? What affects you having ears to hear? What's, what's the difference between somebody, two people, both of them's got ears on the side of their head, but one of them's got ears to hear and one of them don't. One of them can hear from God, one of them doesn't. Did you see just a moment ago when we read, Jesus said, the Spirit of God, the world can't receive Him and doesn't see Him? What's the difference? What makes hearing ears? It is the right kind of heart. That's why I read to you again Hebrews, Hebrews 3 and 4. Do you want to hear from God, he said? What's the next phrase? Don't harden your heart. If you want to hear from God, you have to have a humble, reverent, willing heart. If your heart's not right, you won't hear it even though he's saying it to you. If your heart's not right, you won't see it even though it's in front of you. A wrong heart, an unwilling heart, a stubborn heart, rebellious heart makes you blind and deaf spiritually. So he said today, if you will hear his voice, what? Harden not your heart. It's just like a tuner on a radio receiver. If you're not picking up the station, you shouldn't just assume something's wrong with the station. Right. Right. Amen. Why would it never cross your mind? Something could be wrong on the receiving end here. And how many understand that you can be trying to pick it up, trying to pick it up, trying to pick it up. You can turn the volume up. You can put bigger antennas. You can add amps. But if the tuner's not in the right place... You're not going to pick up the station. And the difference between hearing nothing but static and hearing it crystal clear is this. Is that right? That's it. That's it. And that's true with the heart. A heart can be wrong out of adjustment and a heart can be right. Any degree of phoniness and falseness will have you out of tune with him. He's truth. He cannot lie. Any degree of unwillingness, stubbornness will have you out of tune with him. I know years ago, this is decades ago, the Lord had dealt with me. To go out on the weekends. I was teaching there at, at Rainbow Bible Training Center. And also working in the healing school. And in the prayer school. And doing music on Wednesday nights in the church. Busy. Sometimes speak 20, 25 times a week. 
because I'm doing classes in the school plus the other every day. And in time of prayer, the Lord dealt with me. I, I, sh- I shouldn't say it like that. It came up in my heart to go out on the weekends and minister on healing in churches that, that were inviting me. And when that thought crossed my mind, I thought, no. I mean, uh, come Saturday and Sunday, I want a little break, right? I mean, I'm, I'm preaching all I want to. And so when you don't want to do something, you don't want to admit that it's God. Hmm? And your mind will go through mental gymnastics to explain this away. And if you don't want it to be the Lord, so you don't have to do it, and you don't readily receive it, and you're not willing to hear it, the enemy will come immediately and agree with you that it's not God. And that's how people confuse themselves. Because if you, something clearly that's God, and you say it's not God, then tomorrow when he speaks to you about something else, who is this? Because you said yesterday the same one wasn't God. And that's how you confuse yourself. And so, sometimes I'd be praying, and he'd come up again. This thought about me going out on the weekends and doing meetings in churches and healing meetings and other things. And I'd, I'd cast that down. I thought, I don't, where, where's that come from? You know, we don't know. I ate pizza for lunch. I mean, what, where's that coming from? And, and if you don't want to hear it, the enemy will come immediately and go, yeah, we don't know where that come from. We don't know what that is. You pay that no attention. You know. So. Now, during this same time, we're having some challenges in our finances. And for months, I had sought the Lord and asked him what to do about it. And I couldn't get settled on it. Couldn't get an answer. Sought him and sought him and sought trying to get him to talk to me about it. Is that what I should have been doing? Working on him, trying to get him to talk to me. How many millions of Christians are doing that? Trying to get him to talk to you. There's nothing wrong with the transmitting part. There's nothing wrong on the sending in. God doesn't have technical problems. So this went on for months. And our finances are getting no better fast. And I'm puzzled about it. Lord, what? Well, I came in one day after after school and services and Phyllis hadn't got in yet, and I, I, I remember distinctly. Went in our little house there, and I sat down in the, we had a big lazy boy chair. I sat down in there by myself. Got quiet a little bit, and this thing about going out on the weekends <laughs> came back up to me. And I sat there, and I thought, Lord, that's you. I've been playing with that, dodging that, and forgive me. That's the same spirit that led me to come to school. That's the same. This is you. Lord, if you want me to go out on the weekends, we will go out on the weekends. And if you want us to, then it'll be good. You'll you'll help us. There's something here I'm not seeing. You know you're going to have to help me, quicken me, strengthen me. I feel tired already. (laughs) And then he said this to me. He began to speak to me right there, very clearly. 
He said, son, if you don't have enough time to do what I'm telling you to do, you're wasting time. I thought, wasting time? (laughs) Speaking all this time. That's what he said. See, a whole lot of things we think we have to do, we don't have to do. And some of the things that we've added to our program, the Lord didn't tell us to add that to our program. And if you don't have plenty of time to do what he's telling you to do, you're wasting time. It's a fact. I said, yes, sir. You're absolutely right, of course. Yes, sir. He said, and now I'm going to talk to you about your finances. I said, all right. And in a flash, I saw it. My unwillingness in this area had been preventing me from hearing him in this area. Oh, come on. Do y'all see that? I hadn't seen it until that moment. It wasn't a matter of trying to get him to talk to me. I had gotten myself out of sync with him where I, I don't have ears to hear. What made me not have ears to hear? Unwillingness. Oh, is everybody awake? Unwilling. And the moment I got willing, it didn't take long. It's just like that. Just inside. I'm unwilling that morning. I'm willing now. And he knows your heart. Does he know if you're willing or not? He knows. You can talk all kind of stuff. I mean, a lot of people have talked a bunch of stuff, but the knob's in the same place. It hadn't moved. <laughs> Would the Lord know if the knob hadn't moved? Yeah, so you, you can't fool him. But I really had, sitting in the chair there, admitted and repented. And just like that, I began to get direction on this and get direction on this. Oh, hallelujah. And we made the changes, and in a short amount of time, we were in good shape again. Oh, somebody say glory to God. The problem is not getting God to talk to us. It's in having ears to hear. What causes you to have ears to hear? Your heart being right. Go with me, please, to Romans, 8th chapter, 1st verse. Hmm, hallelujah. Are you excited that you're going to be better led than you've ever been in your life, huh? That you're going to hear clearer? Quit missing it so much? Is that right? Yes, sir. Just quit not listening. Tune in and... Get it right the first time. (laughs) Somebody say, get it right the first time. Hear from him. Get it right the first time. Save yourself. All kind of trouble. It's a fact. Romans 8.1. Now there is a wealth of light about being led in this 8th chapter. If you want to Feed your spirit more in this area. Just read this 8th chapter and read it again. Read it again. Read it again. He said, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now you're going to see this come up again and again, contrasting flesh and spirit. Keep going. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. 
from the law of sin and death. And that is some kind of shouting ground when you see what he's talking about. Keep going. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. What's he talking about? Flesh. (laughs) Keep going. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Keep going. We're going to read all the way down to 16. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. What determines whether somebody's walking in the flesh or walking in the spirit? Now, people have assigned a spectacular understanding to walking in the spirit. A lot of people, when they hear in the spirit or walking in the spirit, they think caught up in a trance, seeing angels, whisked away to heaven, and experiences like that do happen. They are the exception. But every believer is to walk in the spirit every day. How do you do that? That doesn't mean you're in a trance. And not aware of what's happening around you physically. That's not what that means. Read it out loud again. They that are after the flesh do what? Mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit. In other words you could say they mind the things of the spirit. Your mind is simultaneously connected to flesh and spirit. And you can focus your mind inside or outside. You can focus your mind on spirit inside or you can focus your mind on flesh outside. And where you put and hold and keep your mind is where you walk and where you live and where you exist. Our minds are very important parts of this whole process of being led. Very important. Our mind, we're able to say it out loud, my mind mind. can focus inside or outside. It's my choice. Now, now most human beings on the planet, most of the time, are focused outside. They are only aware of what's happening outside. What they're seeing with their eyes, hearing with their ears, feeling with this body, feel good, feel bad, ache, pain, enjoy a meal. It's all flesh, 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 flesh. From waking up to going to bed. And that's living a carnal life. Walking in the flesh. Living only mindful and aware of the flesh. But God doesn't lead us through our flesh. And one of the reasons why that doctrine of God leading you through all the circumstances is so popular is because so many people are so carnal. That's all they're aware of is flesh outside. 
And so they want to adapt the Bible to the way they live. They don't want to look inside. I've been in some situations with some people where they didn't know anything about being led by the Spirit. And after the Lord joining us, joining them with us and, and being in some situations for years, they found out some things. But they decided it was too much work. And they didn't want to do that. They didn't want to be responsible to have to look inside and check all the time and be led. And so they just little by little got away from it and kind of backslid into whatever happens, happens. Millions like what I call no-fault religion. No matter what happens, it's not my fault. It's God's mysterious will. But the truth is, we can live in the flesh, or we can live in the spirit. We can know we're spirit, and the spirit of God is in us, but only be aware of what's outside. Or we can be aware of what's outside, but be mostly aware of who's in us and what's going on inside. My father in the faith and a teacher to many of you, Kenneth Hagin Sr., who's in heaven now, he used to say it frequently, we need to become more God-inside-minded. We need to become more God-inside-minded. Where is God? Where is He? You don't have to go up to heaven and bring Him down. You don't have to cross the widest ocean and get Him. The word of faith is close to you. It's in your heart and in your mouth. Is that right? Where is he? He's in you. You want to hear from God? Don't look out here. Don't do like me as a teenager, screaming and trying to hear voices and trying to see God right in the sky. Where do I need to look to hear from God? Right here. Right inside. God doesn't lead me through my flesh. He's not leading me through voices out here and through feelings. We need to watch when we say, I just feel this or that. Sometimes people think you're talking about a physical feeling. We're not supposed to be led by hot flashes, nor cold flashes, nor chills. We're not supposed to be led by external stuff, period. We're not led by out here. We're led in here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, uh, verse 5, How? what decides whether you walk in the flesh or whether you walk in the spirit? Where you focus your mind. Whether you focus it out here or whether you focus it in here. This is a good truth, friends. This is really important. Read it out loud. They that are after the flesh... Mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the Spirit, what do they do? They mind the things of the Spirit. Keep reading. To be carnally minded is death. That's why if all you do is to be aware of this out here, you're going to be depressed. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to be frustrated because outward living cannot fully satisfy a spiritual man or woman. 
I don't care how many new cars you get. I don't care how many new diamond rings. I don't care what you do. There's not enough outside stuff to completely fulfill you and satisfy you inside. You know what it takes to satisfy a spirit being? Spirit things. Flesh can't do it. And you're to be commended that you're in here getting some spirit food and getting some spirit light instead of outside in a bar somewhere shooting up some drugs or doing something natural trying to satisfy your spirit and will never be successful. Aren't we thankful? Aren't we thankful? Aren't we thankful that by the grace of God we got enough light to at least realize that's not going to satisfy us and to know what will. God inside minded. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. This is what I got to shouting about in the house today. I saw some things here I had not seen. Oh, hallelujah. To be spiritually minded is what? He mentions two things. He could have mentioned a dozen things. He could have mentioned other things, but this is what we need to know. How are we going to be led by the Spirit? How many understand this is verse 6? Where are our big scriptures on being led? Verse 14, 15, and 16. Is that right? All this goes together. He's talking about being led. How are we led by the Spirit? We realize... That the one we need to hear from is not out here. He's in here. Now yes, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere present. But in this curse-filled earth, there are all these other voices. We don't need to try to sift through things out here. He is in us. How many know as a born-again child of God? The enemy's not inside. Come on, you should have said amen to that. He is outside. And he can bring thoughts to your mind. And he can bring feelings to you. But he's not in you. You have been born again. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm telling you. A child of God that's got a prayer life and loves God and walking with him, the devil is not in them. Don't you let anybody tell you any different. Mm. One might affect their mind or affect their flesh, but he's not in them. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. (laughs) If a wrong spirit gets in somebody, they are no longer walking with God. They won't be. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Two of the greatest things you could ever learn about being led by the Spirit is life and peace. He leads us with life, and He leads us with peace. From the inside. <laughs> I may need to say that another dozen times. Yeah, that's good. To be spiritually minded, 
Man, there, there are answers here. How do you walk in the Spirit? Your mind focus. Okay, on what? How do you become spiritually minded? Life and peace. Oh, somebody say life and peace. Life and peace. Life and peace. The Spirit of God will lead you through life or quickening. The word quicken is an old English word for life, living, quickening. We must learn to follow the witness inside, which means following the peace and following the life. Following the peace and confirmation and following the life and the quickening. You see why I was shouting in the house by myself this afternoon. And then the Lord showed me about 25 other verses just like, just like that that went with this. I thought, it's there and it's there and it's over there and it's everywhere. It's always been there. Look at there. Woo! Life and peace, life and peace, life and peace. You want to learn how to be led by the Spirit? You better get focused on some life and peace. And where is this life? It's inside you. Where is this peace? It's inside you. Because it's in Him. Is the Spirit of God the Spirit of peace? There's scriptures that say that. Is the Spirit of God the Spirit of life? Oh, yeah. So when the Holy Spirit's leading you, life is leading you. When the Spirit of God's leading you, peace is leading you. How am I going to be led by the Spirit? i got to quit looking out here with my mind searching for the answer. And i got to turn my mind focus inside, in here. What am I looking for? <laughs> I'm looking for the life. Leading through life, and I'm looking for the leading through peace. Yes. That's good. By the Spirit of life and the Spirit of peace who lives in me 24 <laughs> 7. To be spiritually minded, to be carnally minded is death. All you're going to find out here, if you just keep looking out here, is frustration, frustration, decay, weariness, right? Yeah. But if you learn to focus inside, you're going to find him and you're going to find life. You're going to find the quickening. And you're going to find peace that lets you know this is it. This is it. Keep reading. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be, so that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You can't. Hear from God, just focused on the outside. You can't get it. You can't please Him. Keep going. But you're not in the flesh. Are you a born again child of God? But you're in the Spirit. Your Spirit is alive under God. You're not dead inside. You're alive inside. And if the Spirit of God dwells in you, and if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. He's never been born again. Keep going. 
If Christ be in you, the body's dead because of sin. That's talking about right. Somebody says, my body's not dead. Oh, yes, it is. I don't care if it's still breathing. It's dead. The life of God has not changed your body yet. You can get a quickening and a healing or a strengthening, but it's still mortal, which means it's dying. I know it's not a lovely thought, but these bodies are dying as we speak. They are like flowers that bloom and shrivel up and go away. It's a fact. Oh, but don't despair. What do you say when the trumpet sounds? The Lord's going to fix everything. But your body is not alive. The body's dead, which is why you can't be led from God through your body. God's not talking to me through my body. And to be carnally, carnal means flesh-minded, is death. I'm not going to get it looking out. How do I feel? But the Spirit is life, or you could translate that alive, because of righteousness. The Spirit of Him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you. Does He? Does He? He that raised Christ from the dead is going to quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. He's going to give us the first fruits of it to get us through this life. And then when that's over, he's going to quicken us and change us just like the Lord's body was changed himself. Keep going. Therefore, brethren, we're not debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. We owe this dead flesh nothing. We don't have to follow it. We don't have to let it lead us. Keep going. If you live after the flesh... You shall die. He's repeating what he just got through saying. To be carnally minded is death. Live after to follow it. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. What we got to learn is no matter what our body's doing, don't pay attention to it. Don't let it lead you. We don't make decisions based on how, what kind of mood we're in. We don't judge according to the appearances or the feelings. We're led by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Come on, somebody say, I'm not led by my flesh. Now you watch this. Immature ones, whether it's a natural teenager or it's a spiritual teenager, listen to their language. They will talk, and in in one uh, 20-minute conversation, you'll hear the word feel 50 times. I just feel. I don't feel. I really feel. Feel, 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 feel. And that is the way to stay unhappy. Focused on how you feel. Talking about externally. But if you'll put all that aside, reckon it dead, treat it like it's nothing, you'll live. Verse 14, for, 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 as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Did he change subjects? No, for joins them. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. 
What was the contrast? Not led by the flesh. Not focused on the outside. Verse 15. You've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you've received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry Abba Father. The spirit that makes you feel like you belong. Makes you feel like you're a part. That's describing peace. He's the comforter. We don't follow anxiety. We don't follow fear. What are we looking for? Peace. We don't follow deadness. What are we looking for? Life. (laughs) And what you got to do is ignore all the death until you find the life. Ignore all the anxiety and fear and feelings till you find the peace. He went on to say, verse 16, the Spirit itself, or actually all your modern translations say himself, bears witness with what? As opposed to what? Not our flesh. He bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You listen to this. It comes out in so many subtle ways. A lot of times you'll hear Christians, even preachers talking about the Man is more than one part uh, when they talk about the, the body, the spirit, the soul, that kind of thing. And they'll say body, soul, and spirit, which is backwards. It's spirit, soul, and body. But the reason why it's so popular to say it backwards is because that's how most folk are living. Body first. <laughs> Mind second. Spirit maybe sometimes. <laughs> And that's how you keep missing it and missing it and being frustrated and discouraged and depressed because to be carnally minded is death. If you live after the flesh, death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I focus my mind inside. What am I looking for? Life and peace. Go to John, please, first chapter. Mm, hallelujah. Glory to God. That's good eating. Thank you. <laughs> Keep it coming, huh? <laughs> well, I can't take credit for it. The Lord gave it to us. John, well, I can serve it, though. I can serve it. Yeah. John 1 and 4. John 1 and 4. In him was what? Life. And the what? The life was the light of men. God enlightens us with what? Life. Life enlightens death blinds in him was life and the life was the light of men look in the 8th chapter in the 12th verse 8.12 then spoke Jesus again to them and he said I am the light of the world He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but he will have what? The The what? The light light of what? Of life. 
<laughs> you see why I'm shouting at the house this afternoon? The light of life. What is it that enlightens us as to what we need to do, where we need to go, what job we need to work, who you're supposed to marry and not marry? Come on, are you listening? Where you invest, where you don't. Where you go to church, where you don't. You need light. Light to walk in. How does he give us light? Through his life. Through his life. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And the one that follows me won't be walking in darkness. How many understand if you're following him, you're not following the flesh. You're not following the outside, you're following him. And if you're following him, you're going to have the light of life. Go to 1 John 5. 1 John 5 and 6. 1 John 5 and 6 says, This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that does what? Bears witness because the Spirit is truth. Now, something else you begin to see here. Light is truth. Lies are not truth. They're darkness. If somebody believes a lie, are they not confused and darkened? Like throwing something over their head. They're believing a lie. They can't see anything in that area. It's not true. But you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Right? Lies blind and lies bind. The truth lets you see and the truth makes you free. Another way of saying that, light lets you see. If there was no light in here, we couldn't see anything. Everything you see is a reflection of light. Everything. Spiritually it's true too. It's that way naturally because it's that way spiritually. And he said it is the spirit that bears witness because the spirit is truth. Keep reading, keep reading. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. There are three that bear witness in the earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. These three agree in one. Keep going. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he's testified of his son. He that believes on the Son of God has the witness in himself. The Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. We got to witness in us. Not in my flesh. Not in my flesh. Not in my head. It's in my spirit. He that believes not God has made him a liar or called him a liar because he believes not the record that God gave of his son. Folks don't realize when they say Jesus is not the son of God and when they say he's not the savior, he wasn't virgin born, he didn't live and die, pay our for sins on the cross, he, he wasn't raised from the dead, they are calling God a liar. Right. They're calling the father because the father himself is saying this is my solution for your sin and problem. I gave you my son. And nobody that rejects the son is showing respect to the father. You cannot. 
And he goes on to say, keep reading, this is the record that God has given to us, eternal life, and this life is in his Son. How many know the Son is in us? So the life is in us. Well, there it is. He that has the Son has life. He that has not the Son of God has not life. Now, I know people try to exclude groups from this, but I don't know how they do it. You either have the Son or you don't. Keep going. These things have I written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now skip down to verse 20. Verse 20. We know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. Actually the literal version of that, he's given us a mind. Young's literal says it like that. He's given us a mind that we may know him that is true and we are in him who is true. In his son, Jesus Christ, the one is the true God and the life age during. How many know the scripture says you have the mind of Christ? Yes. (laughs) When you focus your mind inside, And you focus on the one who's inside you. You actually contact him. You touch him. And when you do, you can know his mind. Through direct contact. I don't think I've ever said that. I don't think I said it that time. How many remember? If any two will agree as what? Touching anything. See, spiritual things are real. When you and I really put our mind on something, we touch it. That's why if you put your mind on evil stuff, you defile yourself. Because you touch something bad. Oh, but thank God. You can be cleansed. The blood can cleanse you. But if that's true, it's true you can touch him. By putting your mind on him. Hallelujah. Verse 20. We've known that the Son of God has come and he's given us a mind. That we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true. The complete Jewish says he's given us discernment. So that we may know who is genuine. We're united with the one who is genuine. It's not a matter of trying to get God to talk to us. He's in us. There's something in him and on his mind all the time. We don't know the millionth part. What's on his mind. But he would let us know. We are singing earlier about the unction. I have an unction. That's an anointing of the Holy One. And we know all things. Doesn't make us omniscient. How could that be? Because the greater one 
is inside us. And if we turn our mind instead of just living this shallow, shallow physical life only. If we can turn our mind inward and become spiritually minded, what begins to happen? The life, the eternal life that's in him begins to affect us. And the light is the life. And the light begins to, the life enlightens our mind. And we begin to see things and know things. You don't have to hear voices. You don't have to have hot flashes or cold chill bumps. You just know. And you see it and you hear it on the inside. And the more you practice it, the sharper it gets to you. And the clearer it gets to you. And you can keep going until he's more real to you than what's out here. And that don't mean you're in a trance. You still know what's going on around here. You just made up your mind, I'm not letting this lead me. Go to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter. How can we walk in the Spirit? They that mind the flesh walk in the flesh. They that mind the Spirit, they walk in the the Spirit. So it has to do with where you focus your mind, in or out. And when you focus your mind in, what are you looking for? To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace. When you're looking for the actual leading of the Holy Spirit, He's going to lead in these ways. He's going to lead through life, and He's going to lead through peace. His witness will be a witness of life. His witness will be a witness of peace. And until you have that, you don't have your direction. And you have to wait and keep looking for it. There are perfect examples of this in the scriptures, and the one I'm about to share with you is one of my favorites. In 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter in the first verse, the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Did the Lord know which one of his sons he had chosen? And does he tell Samuel right now? No. We need to learn the ways of the Lord. What pleases God? Faith. If he told you everything, you wouldn't be walking by faith. He'll tell you enough to take a step. And if you do that, if you follow him, he's going to give you more light. It's progressive. Life and light. And so uh, he just said one of his sons. He knows the family to go to. Turns out he has quite a few sons. But at this point, the man of God does not know which one. Keep going. Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hear it, he'll kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you. Say, I'm come to sacrifice to the Lord. 
Call Jesse to the sacrifice. I'll show you what you shall do. He's going to show him when he gets there. And you'll anoint to me him whom I name to you. When? Not now. (laughs) We're talking about the ways of the Lord. He hasn't changed. Samuel did that which the Lord spoke, and he came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. I'm come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. I guess at this point they don't know why they're there. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked at Eliab. That was the oldest of Jesse's boys. And he said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. He said, this got to be him. (laughs) Now he's a man of God. He has a lot of wisdom. He has a lot of understanding. He's older now. He's seen a bunch of things. And he thinks he's got the one picked out. But he's wrong. (laughs) Why is he wrong? Why is he wrong? The Lord said to Samuel, don't look on his countenance. Don't look on the height of his stature. I've refused him. Because the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Are we still talking about outside, inside? And this is one of the big reasons we are commanded not to judge. Because we don't know people's hearts. Even people you think you know really well and have been around a long time, you don't know what's in their heart. All you can do is look at the outside. The Lord might show you a few things, but you're never going to really know all that's in their heart. He does, so only He's qualified to judge. And Jesse called Abinadab, made him pass before Samuel. And what did the Lord say? Well, Samuel said, neither has the Lord chosen this one because I guess the Lord told him. No, not him either. And Jesse made Shammah to pass by, third boy. And what did he say? No, the Lord hadn't chosen this one either. And Jesse made seven of his sons. To pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse. Number four. What did he say? No. No. Number five. No. No. Number six. No. No. Number seven. No. No. No, 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 no. What's he looking for? Spirit of God's always been life. Always been peace. He obviously doesn't have a quickening about any of these. He doesn't have peace about any of these. Oh, is everybody listening? Are you awake? Huh? The Bible said, seek, and you shall find. Then shall we know, if we keep going, if we follow on, to know. 
Samuel said to Jesse, are your kids here? He said, well, the youngest is one more. And he's the young boy. He's out there with the sheep. Samuel said to, to Jesse, send and get him. We're not going to sit down until he gets here. So boy, somebody took off. They ain't grabbed him. Now, now, now think about it. They, it didn't even cross their mind to bring him in. <laughs> he's a kid. He's a slingshot swinging. Loud music playing. Come on, are y'all listening? Kid. They didn't even bring him. But how many know the Lord knew right where he was? He was ready, beautiful countenance, goodly looking, good looking kid. And the Lord said, What? Arise. Anoint him. This is him. What is that? What is that? What is that? That's a quickening. That's a quickening. That's a quickening. Get up. Do it. This is it. After what? No, 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 no. Get up. There he is. Oh, friends, God gave us a mind. He gave us a brain. We're supposed to use it. But it's not supposed to lead us. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Where is he? So how are you going to do all this continual acknowledging? That means you're checking inside. You're checking inside. You're checking inside. Acknowledging in Him, in everything you're doing, every decision you're making. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? Life and peace. And how's it going to work again and again? Anybody that's walked with the Lord very long, this sounds very familiar to you. Knowing where to come. Where to come to Branson, to go to Sarasota. This building, that building, this piece of property, that piece of property. Where are you going to find the scripture that says that? You got to hear from him personally, directly. So what you do, you pray and you ask him and you look. But while you're looking out here, what are you doing? You're checking in here. What am I looking for? Well, this one is the best price of anything we've looked at. Am I led by price? Most people are. (laughs) Millions of people are. Huh? This is the easiest. This is the best deal. They're going to work with us. Is that a leading? That's out here. What am I looking for? And again and again, it'll be no, 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 no. What do you mean no? I just, I have nothing. I got no quickening. I got no witness of peace. Sometimes you want to have a witness. You want to be done. You need it now. Right? Hey, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. This is, what's wrong with this? And yet if you check inside, it's nothing. Nothing. You want to get excited about it. Other people's excited about it. But inside, if you're going to be honest with yourself, it's nothing, nothing, nothing. Why? 
I don't need a reason not to do it. I need a witness to do it. Well, why not? I don't need a reason why not. I need a witness to do it. A lot of people don't understand that. I've had people say, come be with us in this meeting. Come speak for me over here. And uh, I didn't do it. And I've had people get mad at me. What, you too good to come to us now? Got nothing to do with that. Where'd you get that thought at? Why didn't you come? That's not the question. Why should I come? I need a witness. If I do go, what's the first thing I'm going to have to do? Ask the Lord for utterance. Give me ministry. Give me a message. It'd be good if I knew he told me to come. Is that right? That would really help things out. And I know that's not real to people because people are just making decisions based on money and convenience and buddy deals and all kind of stuff and not being led by the Spirit. And they are also having all kinds of problems. Because when you do that, the door is open to the enemy. And you will see stealing, killing, and destroying. We don't, we, we got to stop doing all this stuff because it's available and because other people want us to. Or it's a deal. Come on, say it out loud. I'm not led by other people. I'm not led by feelings. I'm not led by convenience. I'm not led by price. I'm not led by opportunities. I'm not led by needs. I'm only led by the Spirit of God inside. Hallelujah. You have to discipline yourself. What does Samuel have to do? He has to just go by faith. And then he gets there. He doesn't know what's going to happen next. He's a man of God. Is he a real man of God? And real men and women of God are that way. They don't act like they know everything because they know they don't. And they know they don't have it till he gives it to you. And so you wait. He thought, this is him. I got him picked. And the Lord said, no, that's not him. Okay. He said, you're looking on the outside. Right, right. Don't look on the outside. <laughs> the next one, no. Next one, no. By this time, you're getting the idea. Next one, no. No. How many understand we've got to have patience? And we've got to, even though we're seeing and hearing out here, that's not how we're making our decision. While I, you learn, while somebody's explaining something to you. You know, we, we're making decisions on buying all this heating and cooling equipment. We had to make decisions on all that kitchen stuff. I'm looking to make decisions on buying this aircraft and, and what we're doing. And, and, and I've done some study and, and I've got a bunch of notes, but I'm not going to make a decision on any of that. What am I looking for? Come on, are y'all listening? What am I looking for? I'm looking for the quickening. Hallelujah. Before we ever got to Branson, before we ever knew that the Yellow Ribbon Theater existed or anything, Phyllis and I finally got clear in our spirit we're supposed to come here and just look around. That's all we had. I mean, it never crossed our mind about having a church here. We're just coming to Branson and look around and pray some 
Something's going on. On the way here, about halfway from Tulsa to here on the interstate, Phyllis begins to shout. And me too. Why? We don't know. We didn't know. We begin to shout as we got closer to Branson. Why? Why? There was a quickening. There was a quickening inside us. And this life is letting us know. You headed the right way boy and girl. (laughs) You finally found it here. You're you're headed the right way. How many of we got to pay attention though. When that's not there. We must not just do stuff. Based on any other reason. You got to discipline yourself. And keep looking. And keep checking. And a lot of times what will you hear? No. No. No, that's not it. No. That's not it. No. That's not it. Why? Because you you got nothing. No. What are we looking for? Come on, what are we looking for? Quickening. Life. Peace. Is that right? Yes. Life and peace. I know uh, Rainbow Bible Training Center and Kenneth Hagin Ministries changed Phyllis in my life and thousands of other people's. And uh, Brother Hagin and Miss Aretha taught, used to tell about the same thing. When they came from Texas, they enjoyed Texas and had no idea wanting to leave Texas. But the Lord dealt with them to come to Oklahoma and supposed to do something. When, and they had looked at some properties and talked about when they drove on the property, they turned off the road onto it. Both of them began to, to praise God. They had a quickening. Hallelujah. And now, so it's huge now, is where all those acres of school, none of those, most of those buildings weren't there, and that stuff was there, but they had the quickening. This is it. This is it. Hallelujah. It was months and months before that. They knew something was supposed to happen, but that's not it. That's not it. No, that's not it. In fact, some people tried to help him, and the Lord said, don't you get involved with that. Leave that alone. Oh, but when the quickening came, when the life came and the peace came, now he's in heaven and that place is still producing for the kingdom of God. Can you say glory to God? Because it was the plan. It was the leading of the Lord. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.